Do you notice that James O was fixing his hair when he caught the ball? Yes. <laughs> he chucks it. He chucks it out and then goes back to fixing his hair. Fixes his hair. Goes, oh, I better catch this ball. Catches it with two hands, which the ball's been kicked like 60 meters. Catches two hands. Gives a perfect pass to Hugo and then goes fixing his hair again. Yeah. I'm like, bro, you're in the middle of a Six Nations game. Joe presents House of Rugby together with Bank of Ireland, proud supporter of the four Irish provinces. Hello and welcome along to House of Rugby together with Bank of Ireland. I'm Greg O'Shea and the team is back together after an awesome Six Nations weekend. Lindsay and Jason are in the room. Lindsay, my love, how are you doing? I'm great. How are you? I'm very, very good. All the better for seeing you and Jason. And Jason, <laughs> how are you, brother? Best party week. Good, good pal. Uh, enjoying uh, a good weekend. Yeah, you watched all the rugby, I presume. Yeah, well, it's only one game that mattered, but of course I watched the whole lot, but what a game that's. Unbelievable stuff. Like, we'll definitely get stuck into that. That's going to be the bulk of this episode, yes, guys. It so it's what a game. But before we even talk about that, our very own Pat was in the Aviva Stadium and he got chatting to the captain of Ireland, Johnny Sexton, and also the head coach, Andy Farrell. So that's coming up later in the podcast. So definitely uh, wait for that. It'll be a good little chat. But Ireland won 32-19, guys. I, I did think Ireland would win, but I didn't think it would be by that margin. Like mm. Unbelievable stuff, Lindsay, wasn't it? I would... I was given five points or less that that because you know that's been kind of you know with two top teams I was like there's no way it's going to be anything more than that I think I was like a penalty here penalty there someone just getting the rub of the green but by God like I don't know about you lads I'm absolutely exhausted this morning I was like God what a weekend you know I felt like I was playing every single phase with them do you know and I'm sure you were the same like I know you were in the stadium the atmosphere was electric wasn't it yeah yeah it so me and you electric. were in the stadium and it was just I was kind of worried because you know rugby's getting to the point now where it's getting a little bit corporate and there's people yes. at games like that that have been given tickets because they're involved in some business but they don't actually give a crap about <laughs> rugby and they haven't come up from the grassroots yeah. but, I, but you got there and the, like walking into the stadium and even like the chanting beforehand and halftime there was just a buzz like because the game from minute one was actually incredible as well yeah. wasn't it and I was on the dart actually on the way over and I took opportunity I was surrounded by a couple of French lads from Toulouse and they were like they had the French beret on they had their face painted and I just couldn't resist and I was like how do you think you do today lads and I wasn't dressed in any gear so like oh no we will win and I was like oh I have a tissue here actually I think you should hang on to that because I think it's going to oh be Ireland's God, day so I was just whining them up on the dart on the way over but you know what's lovely we shook hands we wished uh, everyone luck and it was a, it was just a great day and there was a do you see the corner the French fans from kind of top to bottom of the east end I think it was they were just bouncing from start to finish so and they were really French, creating the yeah. atmosphere it was I fantastic. couldn't get over how many French people were there it was honestly like I, I, I thought it was like are we in Paris by any chance like the chanting was huge and when they were doing that jumping up and down that you're talking about yeah. I was like dude they're very good like they must have come in their thousands oh yeah and when Le Bastille went, came on like it was just like yeah we were in like Paris it was just like like the sound reverberated around us like the hairs went up in the back of my neck and I was like oh it's a yeah. test match today boys and unfortunately I think the supporters we lost the battle against the French supporters but at least we won on the pitch that's all that matters I think we were so nervous yeah. that's what I think like people around me I could see them kind of like like this lovely glistening glow of sweat be, like you know on their forehead I was like it's alright we got this yeah. <laughs> Jason you watched it at home yeah I think that's exactly how I feel I mean look the last time we were on this show I was saying I'm worried about Wales I'm worried about Gatland and they went out like and made me eat my words and yeah. absolutely smashed Wales with a bonus point in the Principality and going into this game then again like you're coming up against a French team that hasn't lost in over 12 months who are favourites for the World Cup and I know that we're at home and we're, you know, going into this game, like, fired up. But I was still worried. Yeah. I think f for the first time ever, and I hate to say this, 
Um, I'm not apprehensive anymore. I'm coming off the fence. Like, we are that good. Yeah. I know we've said this before. And we go, oh, this time feels different. We are that bloody mm-hmm. good at the moment. It's actually frightening. That first 40 minutes of rugby, just from 1 to 15, the tries that we scored, the, the, the manner in which we played, everything about the game was mm-hmm. just, that was the two best teams in the world playing at the weekend. And we're now the best team in the world. And we've proved that, which is, it's just incredible. It is absolutely incredible. Like mm. there's and there's a gap between number one and number two. Like that was a mm. good beating. Like France turned up and they had a full fully stacked team. And we also had injuries. Like you forget, probably the best player in the world, arguably Tyg Furlong was yeah. missing. Mm. He's such a pivotal player. Healy was missing. Gibson Park was missing. Who's our starting nine? Dan Sheen's probably our starting hooker. And Henshaw was out. Five <sighs> guys that you could argue that would have started. Top and we still smashed the best team in the world. They had all their top guys playing. Yeah. I was actually completely taken aback by it. And fellas that wouldn't have usually stepped up in the past, but always just kind of filled in, like Herring and Beelham and McCluskey, mm. they were like some of the best players in the pitch, weren't they, Lindsay? Well, yeah, like we've said it for weeks and weeks, building up to this, I suppose, Six Nation tournament, that the key for Ireland and the exciting part for us is the depth. You know, mm. we can see the depth in the provinces, but I think we clearly saw the depth and maturity now coming through for for those lads who've been waiting very patiently, you know, and grinding away. Um, I think the variation of our tries were was exceptional. Do you know, last week we grinded out a win against a very dogged Welsh team. We all, you never know where you're at where you're at in a Six Nations until your first game. Uh, but obviously we had the dogged try by Porter. We had the kind of and a bit unfair and fair play to Dave Kilcoyne corrected us after the game. We were like, oh, it was very uh, Joe Smith-esque in the Keenan try. And he said, no, that's a fast try. And I loved that about him, the loyalty and the buy-in. And they just, they were just brilliant. And I just think, yeah, I'm a bit like you. Um, I'm off the fence now. I, can't, I think it's the apprehension because you just don't want to dream. You don't no. want to dream because you don't want the heartbreak, you know. But I think um, our defence, I thought Hugo Keenan's position because... Now, I'm a forward, so when I saw the kicking, I was like, Jesus Christ, if I was the prop now, I'd be like, will you stop kicking because you're running and you're running? But like, we won that battle for territory and our position was exceptional. Our attack, um, I just thought, I just didn't think at any stage we we're going to lose the game. Mm. Do you know? I think there was a, a period, like, which I think is a, a period I'd like to watch back the game again, but I remember like watching it live. There was a period for about 20 minutes in the second half where you could see all of a sudden, there was guys just starting to slow down. Speed her up was getting yeah. really slow. There was a lot of missed tackles and you're kind of like, oh shit, here we go again kind of a job. And yeah. France walked their way back into the game that, you know, they were, they, they were within a, it was a six or seven points at that stage. It was 25-19, like, I yeah, think. Yeah, and you're kind of like, oh, we're in trouble here. Yeah. We're in big trouble here. And I thought, I really did think we were in trouble. And Irish teams in the past, like, would, would have fell to that. And they would have fallen back and, and France would have taken the lead. But they just grinded it out, kept playing, kept playing, kept playing. And then a moment of magic from Doris. He reminds me of like, it's like playing rugby weight, like, and it's that guy with that star over the top of his head. And you can just press L1 or one try, whatever <laughs> button you want to press, and he'll just go. Because if you look back and watch that pass, like, the position he's in to be able to throw, it's, what is it, a 15, 20 metre pass out to ring rows. And then ring rows in to bounce off three players, yeah. like they weren't even there. I mean, that, that the handoff to the chest to Jalabert, like, or it wasn't, sorry, not Jalabert, it was Penno. Mm. I mean, no, like, Jalibert, at the finish. Yeah. Yeah. No, Pino, Jalibert, Sorry, what's Jalabert? Apologies. Yeah. Yeah. So I got, I got it right the first time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, just the quality of that try in the end, then, like, and then, then you knew it was, okay, okay, don't doubt these boys no more. 
But yeah. did you, uh, Joe, I loved Kerry Ring Rose. It was like his newborn child. I could see him. <laughs> he hugged that ball like no one was getting off him. As soon as he got by the three tackles, he just hugged it and he made sure that There's it, actually a photo. We, like I said that in the past morning, we have, we'll put it in the post, set it, and you can just see it. He's there holding the ball, smiling, and you just three, you see the three French guys on the ground just looking up at him. Like, and they're, and you're like, this is, this, is, this, is like a, this is like a painting. Yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah, hanging in the Louvre. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was uh, <laughs> Fico, Jalabert, and Penel all yes. lying on the ground looking up at Gary Ring Rose. <sighs> It's just, it just encapsulates <laughs> the whole day, like, and they're three top class players, like, you know, it's not as if he's running around boys, like, these no. are some of the best players How in the world. How good is he, though? Yeah, Gary like, you think Gary Ringrose is, like, and I think, I'm not sure it was you, Pat, someone posted, like, Gary Ringrose up for this game, and he's like, you know, before the game, he's slicing his hand, you know, and he's nearly picking out his victims, he's like, I'm going to get you, I'm going to get you, and you just think, uh, he had a great game the last day, you know, he was probably player of the match, and then he just brings it up another level, like, he was unbelievable, he bounced off Fiku once, I think, in the game, I was like, oh God, I thought he knocked himself out, mm. after that, he was just absolutely exceptional. He's top class, absolutely mm. top class, and what I think is, we need to really acknowledge is that France were giving respect to Ireland in the sense that they were taking their points so they weren't kicking yes. to the corner and mm. going for the line oh we're going try here they were like we got a penalty we better take our points here and Ramos was kicking like unbelievably you get a drop goal at one stage which drop is goal. so un-French like for him to be going yeah. for something like that you're like they were very afraid here. Like, yeah, no. They were. It was like they were afraid. Afraid is probably reaching too far yeah. now, but they were Respectful. showing a lot of respect to Ireland. Be like, every time we get into that half, we need to come away with points because we're not going to beat these guys. And they were leading at one stage, but Ireland just kept chipping away. And we scored, what was it, four tries we scored? Yep, four bonus tries point. One. Four tries to one. And incredible tries. You talked about the Gary one, which was the last one. But let's go back earlier in the game that Hugo Keenan try. Unbelievable. I've watched it back so many times. I'm like, that it came off a counter attack. Mm. And did you notice that James O was fixing his hair when he caught the ball? Yes. <laughs> he chucks it, he chucks it out <laughs> and then goes back to fixing his hair. Fixes his hair. Goes, Oh, I better catch this ball. Catches it with two hands, which the ball's been kicked like sixty meters. Catch with two hands. <laughs> gives a perfect pass to Hugo and then goes fixing his hair again yeah. I'm like bro you're in the middle of a Six Nations game just shows how chill he is like, <laughs> you know totally I? chill but I, they obviously I asked that you know it was this something they had obviously identified it wasn't the first time they'd given that inside ball so they'd obviously identified French the French pillar yeah, like that, leaves they, they, that's something they must have spotted yeah, like, they, in, in the French game because okay when we're coming when we're when we're uh, come back with a counter-attack when they're kicking, when they're clearing their lines, yep. that there is this space there. Because if you look at, okay, one thing we have to give credit for, I said this before we come on air, is the, the carry by Doris in the lead up to that. He does some massive footwork and then carries hard. I think it's, I think it's Jalant or something he comes into and he drives him back about 10 metres. Yep. And then that sets the whole thing up because all of a sudden they're on the back foot now, suddenly. They didn't yep. expect this. And uh, if you look at it, like it's like Bielham, it, I... I would kind of say as good as Detroit was that it wasn't really it wasn't the best defence from France because if you look ah, at it no. if Antonio you look at, is just like getting looks up. like he's running through like a, a walkthrough in, 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 before the game because mm. he doesn't even look to carry he just stops like this and then pops it up only for Keane to come on at such yeah. pace I would be a bit upset like for a team that's trying to go into the World Cup like go into a home World Cup and are expecting to be the, the favourites mm. They shouldn't have conceded a try like that, and that's not taking the credit away from Ireland. They shouldn't. Oh no, they try. obviously identified it because that wasn't the first time they they ran that you know that gap at the pillar. Mm. Um, I must look at it, but like there was a couple of times they ran it. But the other bit, it wasn't only Keenan. There was like three lads ran such hard lines. They like bamboozled. They just sat all the French down, 
and they were the French were obviously scrambling onto mm. the open side thinking all oh, right short numbers here um, Antonio was a bit lazy now he's like you know There's nonchalantly there, like. <laughs> it was huge look <laughs> you, you identify the gap you go yeah and I would agree <laughs> Bielan was like right he was like a lad yeah. so concentrated he's like right no yeah. here okay I did what I needed didn't to do didn't even look as in make it make it out so I'm going to carry here he just kind of went yeah. <laughs> so I was like, Jesus, I mean, that was pretty obvious how pre-planned it was. So I was like, it was yeah, they've done it in Portugal, I think, in yeah. their training camp. Obviously, they, they'd done a bit of video and this was a thing they identified. But look, um, it was kind of like the French were respectful, but I, I'm not sure where they were trying to target Ireland other than kicking long and trying to, you know, pin us in. I didn't yeah. think there was much that they did differently for us other than Dupont upped his game again and was, I thought he was exceptional to be honest. Yeah, yeah, it was incredible to show that they definitely had that pre-plan because they did it on eight minutes into the game. So mm-hmm. they noticed that um, there was a, a defensive line of France were quite porous and and they found that gap and Antonio was just strolling back. As you said, Bielham, um, he threw that pass blindly to Keenan because he couldn't see Keenan coming on the far mm-hmm. side. Like So it was completely scripted, but it worked perfectly. And that's mm-hmm. why Andy Farrell is such a good coach. Like, yeah. So uh, people are trying to give it to Joe Smith. Joe Smith's gone a donkey's lads. Yeah. Everyone needs to forget <laughs> yeah. about Joe Smith. This is yeah. Andy Farrell's team. Like, so Joe Smith's gone play, coaching New Zealand now, so forget about that fella. Um, another unbelievable try. James Lowe, what a finish, lads. Tom Daly would be proud of that dive. Like. Ridiculous, <laughs> isn't what, it? What, can we, like, people are going to ask this question us. We can't sit in the fence, let's be honest. Was it a try? Was there a, <laughs> was there a little bit of a brush on the grass or not? Because there is angles there, and there is a lot of like big respected pundits that are saying, and respected athletes and players that are saying it wasn't a try, and like they're all giving out like because we will get onto that later on. We obviously know that the Antonio incident with Herring like that was as blatant and as clear a red card. Oh, I'm gonna argue with say, that, Noel. I I will, I will get onto that, yeah. but like there there are people saying like sure, oh they can't see each other out because low try wasn't a try. So for me, uh, if I'm honest, I think there was perhaps a slight brush of his foot before he gets it down. Ah, Not taking it away from him. I think they made the right decision on the day because the question was, it wasn't like, is it a try or not? Is there any reason I can't award a try? So I don't think there was compelling evidence to say it wasn't a try. So it was the correct decision. Like people are saying, oh, it shouldn't have been a try. It was the correct decision based on the question he asked and based on the event. But there is question marks over did he or did he not like and I think there's a fair argument there to say that perhaps a little bit <laughs> right, ha- hang on I get go go gadget your eyes right because I don't know how you're going to do that unless the sensors on the grass that are going to oh, beep on you saying, do you know what I mean the decision right, but like, I yeah. think for to get the timing right the ball down and if there was the slightest of brush of leather and grass <laughs> right if we're being technical which we'll never now. know we're being technical here now Jesus we're very pedantic we're yeah. very pedantic like you're not going to see a try like that no. again for a long long time no do you know what I mean so for the the try for the absolute Lee Roddy that he has to even try that and think about it and the way he puts it in one hand like he's an NFL player yeah. Like for those hats wondering off, what Leroy means, it means balls. <laughs> um, yeah, it was unbelievable. Yeah, we've said Africans listen to this, they have no idea what Leroy right, means. Balls, scrotum, yeah. whatever he needed. What, what is he, six foot three, seventeen? Is he about seventeen stone? Yeah, he's built like a back roller. You know, I mean, <laughs> really, the lightest winger. Gravity there, yes. like, literally defied gravity to hold to stay in the air that long. And against Penno, like who yeah. had another. That's he was what exceptional. I was thinking. I was like, how has he managed to keep his leg off the ground here? It's like he's floating in midair. Yeah. But I'm presuming it's because Penno has hit him so hard. 
momentum, giving yeah. him that extra momentum to literally a whiskers like to yeah. get a, to keep that foot off the ground. And as you're saying, Lindsay, the only way someone's going to spot that is if there's sensors Correct. on the grass. Like so, give him the try. Question marks over that penalty tackle as well. In fairness, if he didn't yeah. get the try, there's question marks over that tackle. Oh, and how, le- how legal it was. Probably would have gone back to be a penalty try in the yellow card anyway. Like so, saved ourselves a bit of time because the TMO took forever as well, doesn't it? Mm. Is there oh. kind of a way do you think, Jason, that we can speed that TMO up, or does it have to be that way? Uh, to be honest with you, I mean, it's a tough one. I suppose that comes back to what they want to do is give the referees more ownership and give the, the, the linesmen more ownership. But then if they get those decisions wrong, then we're going to give out why didn't they use the TMO? Mm. So in terms of speeding up, I suppose... There's just no winning, like... There is no winning. I suppose maybe everyone. it's the technology and maybe it's the guys that are there and like maybe they need to be a little more ahead, maybe they need more help inside in the, the, the TV room and mm. not just have... It's just... GMO and his assistant, like maybe need more bodies in there, like and maybe they need more screens so that they can get it quicker. And maybe it's just that they need to see an incident once and like act on the decision. Like yeah. as I said, getting onto that Antonio decision, like for me, like that is as clear. Yeah, we can talk about it now. Yeah, it's the Antonio, our Uni Antonio uh, tackle on Rob yeah. Herring, and he's absolutely banks him back but like in fairness Rob Herring he takes it he gets up and he actually catches the ball and passes it on to mm-hmm. I think whoever was outside him so he was com- wasn't completely wiped out but it was a massive hit what do you think Lindsay? It was a massive hit like in the letter of the law and the That's going to be on the mic there Jason oh, sorry <laughs> <laughs> He's just having a beat while I'm uh, chatting yeah. here um, If we're going to go letter of the law like how Wayne Barnes didn't say it was a high degree of um like he hit him well. Like what? What weight is he? He's about oh. hundred. He's lost a bit of weight. Like, but for me, he's it's still about one hundred and forty kg. Yeah, I think. yeah. <laughs> it's it's two guys going in fully upright. Mm-hmm. He connects shoulder to his chin. Now Rob Herring went off shortly after that for a HIA and didn't return. So that shows you that there was a high level of danger. There was a high level of force. To me, there's no mitigation there whatsoever because he makes no attempt to lower his tackle out. And he connects flush with his chin, with his shoulder. But see, so he doesn't bring his he doesn't bring his shoulder up. Like he could have ended Rob Herring, to be honest, because yeah. he's what he is what six foot three, I'd say, easily. But he still connects with his chin. He does, but the height difference, you see. Now mm. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not uh, condone this. Yeah. Like it should have been a red by the letter of the law. Yeah. Right. But there's a couple of things. Rob Herring is so short because he doesn't see him. Mm. Right, so he's not absolutely set. We've all been there and you're like absolutely doubled. You know, even if it's a good tackle, you're absolutely wiped. Um, it does hit him on the chest. So I think he could have brought him around and wrap. He tries to me to try and keep that shoulder down. Mm. But he's, I mean, he's a slow tie head. Mm. You know, but he's fully standing up. That's he is fully standing up. But I think he made that decision to go and he just uh, hit him. Don't, yeah. I don't think he was thinking. So look, you make a decision. It's sort of been a red yeah, it should have been a red, and how Wayne Barnes got it so wrong yeah. is beyond me. But I think he could have ended him more. So it's one of those we just have to be consistent with the letter. If we're, we're going to like, if, like where we've been around the show so many times, like if we're if if this is a yellow card and like if they don't come out and cite him or don't come out and say, okay, look, we made a mistake that that should have been a red. Mm. Like, what do we do next game? Like, why do we keep going back and why is there so many question marks over and why are we still arguing? Like, why aren't we just protecting players? Yeah. That, like Rob Herring went off for with a HIA. So Rob Herring was injured with a head injury and didn't come back. Yeah, on. But hold, hold so on. it was whatever. Like the, the tackle was dangerous. Yeah, but forget about Rob Herring get injured. Like do you know what I mean, in the sense that like 
we're talking about the, is the incident here. The yeah. injury is going to be like depending on the person and their predisposition and, and whatever mm. happens. But like I'm talking about the actual tackle. In my opinion, this is going to be unpopular opinion. Okay. I think it was a fair enough hit. I do think on the initial thing at the game, I thought And so. I know you don't agree with that, Jason, but I'm like, you're saying he hit him flush in the chin. I feel like he didn't hit him flush in the chin. I'm okay. like, he caught him in here on the top of the chest underneath his neck. And because it was such a good read, he got off the line, got up, and he happens to be, as you said, Lindsay, 140 kg, six foot something prop. It's not his fault he's massive. No. If I'd made the same yeah. read, I'm five foot 10, 80 kg, I'm not going to hit him. If I make just as good as read and I hit Rob Herring, that's not, he's not going to get hurt like off me. Mm. Your man just happens to be massive, made a good read. And I feel like I had a massive argument with um, someone in Lansdowne Rugby Club about this afterwards. And uh, we actually just had to walk away from each other because <laughs> I'm just like, you're, we're now punishing someone for making a good read. And I, can, and I accept your point in the sense that he probably should have dropped his hips a little bit more. But he hasn't completely knocked Rob Herring's neck off. Like, do you know what I mean? Mm. He just caught him high. But is the letter of the law, it could, be st- it could be wrong now, is the letter of the law that it has to be below chest height? Or does it have to be below chin height? Like, where's the tackle height? The tackle height is like, like it's, it's here and up, like. Yeah. Essentially. But, but like, well, the question I'll ask you just on your point there before we move on yeah. is the fact that you said you don't think he connected with his chin or, in, or his head or anything like that. I feel like chest he first. You connect, well, how do you feel a HIA from a chest hit? Because you can be in a car crash and like not hit your head and, ah, and your hair's, I don't think your, your gonna, brain's I don't rattling think gonna, against I your skull. I don't think you're going to fail a HIA from a chest hit. Well, I had the argument with my dad last night. Can I think Rob Herring's concussion is possibly a whiplash one That's rather than mean, an actual? Like, and I did... See, I'm I'm probably a hypocrite here because I did argue that was a yellow at the time and I still did last night. And so the argument is, right, it should be a, a red on the letter of the law they're trying to implement so player safety. And but what's this letter of law? The letter of law is if you hit the chin. Well, a high it, degree gone. of danger. So I suppose it is a high degree of danger, but at the same time, you've like 140 kg coming at a bit of pace and he's made the read before Rob Herring can kind of yeah. even sidestep him. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's going to be a high degree if you're not ready in this basically articulate Larry's going to hit you. good rugby player, Antonio. I, he's red and... Red well, this is the... Like. I think this is the... It's probably an example. And it's not sitting on the fence. It's, a, it's an example of where we make the decision now mm. on cases like this because it yeah. really is a grey area. We I agree. I think it was chest area. Mm. He could have raised his shoulder. It didn't. He kept this right shoulder, which is the first point of contact, down. Mm. And I'm saying there has to be some bit of thought there to do that. Because he ab- he could have absolutely broke him. Like, he could have ended if, him. If really. it was an inch higher, Rob Herring. In oh, Gonzo. Like, yeah. But I so think that's the grey area. just in, in and off in under his chin, in my opinion. But you're, Jason, of the opinion that it was too high. 100%. 100%. Yeah. If, 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 we're on that, if we're on that area then, then we need to lower it. So maybe a little bit more. Yeah. yeah. Just so that, so that rule, because there's, we shouldn't be having this argument. It's too close. We like. shouldn't be having this argument and go, oh, maybe it was, maybe it wasn't. We shouldn't be having, this yeah. decision shouldn't be an argument. It should be, that is definitely not a red card or that is a red card. There shouldn't be, as I said, we have a grey area here where we're kind of like, oh, I agree with some of your points, you agree with some of my points. And yeah. we're all kind of, but no one can really definitively black, say no black and white it was like, a red. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And that's what And I means. think we need, it, it is an example of where we're still at with this. Do you know what I mean? Like it probably needs to just lower it again to make it clear because yeah. like I think Wayne Barnes, I'm so surprised of all referees that we've ever had that he didn't give a red. I thought that was just going to be clear cut for him. Yeah. And I think because of the magnitude of the game and what it could have done to the outcome and taken away from what was an absolute spectacle of rugby I think that really would you agree with that it kind of impacted yeah. this decision yeah potentially because it was such a big game but like I think I mean this guy is what he's a he's a barrister isn't he mm-hmm. so I mean you just gotta go okay it doesn't matter who's playing doesn't matter who's in front of me I go by the letter of the law 
So, like, I mean, he's a barrister, so I'm pretty sure he's familiar with the term, the term law and how it works. So I'm pretty, you know. Yeah. But that's my question is, what, law what, what is the ruling that he is the law that he should be working off there? Uh, I don't know what exactly what it is like. I mean, I have to read it back. You know like, what I mean? like, we're getting the specifics here. The technicality of it like, is that like, is, is there a high degree of danger? Was it a high, it's a high tackle. It was a high tackle. Was there a high degree level of danger? Is there a mitigation to bring it back down and say that it wasn't? Mm. So like, to me, like it was a high tackle. It was yeah. a high uh, level of danger. And to me, I don't think there was any mitigation there, to be honest with you. See, I think there's a high level of danger because Antonio is so big and he's just made a really good read. You and can't, that's no, you can't say it because he's so big. That's, yeah, but not, that's, that's the not mitigation. But that's my thing is like, it's just, that's rugby, man. Get over it. Like, do you know what I mean? No, no, I just, It's a big guy catching another no, guy no, with a read. That's going and back I, now to being like, that's like one of the guys on, on Twitter who's saying like, rugby's going soft. We need to get that out of the game. Like, that's just rugby. Like, rugby needs to evolve and to, to become a truly global sport. We need to start understanding that what we did in rugby five years ago, what we did in rugby 10 years ago, 15 years ago, 20 years ago, mm. is no longer relevant. We have to keep evolving because there's too many injuries. There's people getting concussed. There's guys getting brain injuries. There's guys getting CTE. And, like, there's, there's stuff coming out where guys are coming out with, like, Parkinson's and dementia. And they're even saying that, which is what we've seen in... in Rugby is MND is becoming like for a quite popular diagnosis. Yes. Very popular mm-hmm. as a hard word, but you know, a common diagnosis common, yeah. in rugby. And they're bringing that back to head injuries as well. So like we have to evolve. We didn't have the science term before. We have it now. Do we want people in wheelchairs? Do we want people dead? Do we want people with brain injuries? Rugby yeah, I know what you're saying and you're getting very state. dark now, but we'll, let's, bring, let's bring yeah. it back to the rugby <laughs> in the sense that like I think, I do agree what you're saying that it is dangerous, but I think if we're coming to, with the rugby we're playing at the moment, I'm like, I just think it's a, it's a well-read shot. But maybe we need to make the law to a point where it has to be below chest height. Then there's ne- then it's like I think we do the, the nipple ones like they yeah. were saying before, something like that. Because so, Greg is all, right. We're all chatting, being like, is it chin? Is it not? Is it then like too too, too small an area to be dealing with? Like we're yeah. here between here and here, like yeah, yeah. But there, I I do agree with you, right? Because there's always going to be high level of danger compared. Like if you had a nine against a tie head, like mm. so there, there's just such disparity in the positions as the frame and the weight of the the guys and even and even women. So that's just the evolution of the game. So to cater for player safety, which we're all advocates for here. Mm. And um, I agree. Antonio, if something like Antonio is just like an articulated lorry coming at you and he's trying not Mm. to really hurt someone, I think you have to protect both sides, the Mm. attack and the defence, and really make the law clear cut and bring it down, I think, below nipples. Because you don't want to ruin the game, but you don't want to ruin it at the expense of yeah. players in it mm. so exactly. I, I think this is unfortunately it's a it's a great argument and I'd say we could stay here all day mm. but unfortunately it's just highlighting that I think World Rugby need to take control and make more clarity around the ruling of it yeah it's a perfect time to talk about this new ruling they're bringing in some places with it has to be below hip height no the, I think that's, that's unrealistic that was a, a mess up like they tried to say the way satellite and then well I think technically the RFU were trying to bring it in but was there was such <laughs> backlash that they tried to say that we were going by the French directives and our translation was misconstrued and that's not what we really mean. <laughs> and we're actually now going to go back and talk to the referees and the players who we didn't consult in the first place and we should have consulted in the first place and we'll get back to you. So they did a Michael <laughs> Jackson on it. Completely <laughs> they did a Michael that. Jackson yeah. on it, yeah. I think <laughs> they moonwalked it. If we're going to the point where it's below hip height you're saying, Jason, that I think we're just getting away from rugby then. No, we're getting away from the beauty of the game. Like, 100%. I agree with you. A yeah. million percent there. And people like Antonio aren't going to be able to play the game anymore because him to get low and tackle me below hip height he's never getting down there like I'm a small fella like do you know what I mean? one thing so, I will say though is Herring was standing up and Herring yeah. isn't exactly Craig Casey 
you know, a herring is what height is herring? Is he 5'10, 5'11? Like, and Antonio isn't exactly seven foot. I like just that. think he was so blind. There isn't a huge difference there where he, like, he made no attempt to lower and he's coming up against a guy who's fully standing up. It's mm. not like herring was ducked last minute or slipped into the tackle where that's where your mitigation mm. would normally come in. There was nothing there. Like, he was just a straight on two guys yeah. standing up coming yeah. in and it's not like he was twice the fucking height excuse me twice the height of him <laughs> oh my god Jason's, oh, uh, get them bleepers out. <laughs> Jason's very emotional after the weekend guys if you haven't noticed yet. <laughs> can everyone send Jason a hug please because yeah. he's having we a bad morning it, we love <laughs> the passion <laughs> Jason having a mirror this morning we like, love the passion um, yeah no well. I agree I do agree with you sorry to kind of summarize I do agree with you Antonio should have dropped his height it is way too close yeah. to being mm-hmm. like where Rob Herring would be sent somewhere that we don't want him to be sent to but I thought, in my opinion, I think he was just enough okay. But um, then again, I'm not the ref and the ref made the decision. So, do you know what I mean? Um, Speedy so, recovery to Rob yeah, Herring. I hope yeah. he's okay. He goes good. That's the thing, because it could have been a lot worse, yep. in fairness. Mm-hmm. Um, a cool thing that happened in the game, guys, and, and uh, it's on the French side of things. What about DuPont pulling Mac Hansen back from the, from the line? What was that about? <laughs> I tried to pull myself in Mac Hansen's shoes and I was thinking, this guy is like, yes, the easiest try I'll ever score. Yeah. And next of all, he's holding the ball out and he's like just being reversed. It's like someone had a pulley on him going, pulling them back. It was unbelievable. Yeah. It, it was ridiculous. Again, like we have, we've had Mac inside the suit on the show. Mac isn't small. No. He's a big you know, guy. Mac's yeah. a big guy. What is he? About 6'2". Like, yeah. And like... I don't know what weight he is, but he's, he's definitely over 90 kilos. Definitely about, over 90 yeah. kilos. Dupont, like, isn't the biggest, but it just shows you because he's he's done this time and time yeah. again. He is stupidly strong because <laughs> he just holds him. It's like it's like a, a, a tractor's movement and you're just holding it with a rope. <laughs> you're like, I got this, I got this. And the muck is just like spewing. It's just like not moving. Yeah. It was brilliant. It was like time to slow down. Everyone's like, is he going to get to the line? Oh, I know. I believe it. Like when like, you're like, everyone's like, oh, that's such a blick. It's a try. Oh my God, try, try, try. Yeah. And all of a sudden it's like, Mac is just running. His legs are gone mm. from underneath him and he's just floating in the air. It's like, how is he stopping him here? <laughs> this is insane. Yeah, that was and brilliant. And DuPont, unbelievable because the, the build up to that was incredible because uh, Mac Hansen had intercepted him from the Fikau whipped it out to Keenan and yeah. followed on like so it would have been an incredible try but in fairness Mac Hansen took it very well and even restoried your rugby Joe post <laughs> taking a piss out of him <laughs> yeah. oh yeah savings yeah. and delicious points delicious points <laughs> yeah. very good yeah. trying to save your money with DuPont is yeah. delicious points he's got good funny. crack like he saw the funny side but like I mean he, I don't, he might not have reposted that if we'd lost <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no that was a good crack out. was it you that came up with that no it was just forwarded on to me from the lad I can really? just show it up like so check out the Rubber Joe Instagram guys it's very yeah. funny um, a couple of other people that we just want to mention in this game um, that we're hoping they're doing okay today is Ty Burr went off with injuries do we know an update on him don't think he was in a boot just yet I'm Pat sure we do we get one today yeah I'm wondering did he do a syndesmosis or Andy something Farr, or Andy Farrell said it's not great it's okay. a disaster disaster mm, because yeah. how many times has this happened to him and ju- any time he just about gets back up to speed and he gets on form again he gets hit with another injury. Mm. Like, he's been like that his whole career. Like, you feel for him. Yeah. yeah. And I feel like he was carrying... If you didn't send the smosis, you'd probably have to get surgery. And that's yeah. then pushing in towards World Cup territory. Like, well, can you explain time. what that is? That's so so just your ligament on your ankle. It brings okay. your foot yeah. up and down. So they bring a tight rope. I have one in my left. So you yeah. probably have it done as well, do you? It's well. very don't, common. Don't say that. We hopefully yeah, this doesn't mean it's It's kind of actually a backward tackle. Or I'd say what happened his was if you poach and you're in that poaching position and you kind of get doubled over. Yeah, you kind of lean back and snap it. He'd be back. Like if he got the surgery now, he'd be back in time for the World Cup. But it's just if it's one of those prolonged issues. So well, hopefully hope not, not. Because he's I said he's like one of our most important players. Like I mean, this guy's in the world dream team of the year. Like he'd probably <laughs> he is the best poacher the game yeah. in the game at the moment. And we'd massively Munster will miss him. Ireland will miss him. 
Oh, I'm yeah. hoping it's not really that bad. Much. I think he was carrying a bit of a knock though from the Wales game as well. I feel he was a bit. He's been non-stop all year, don't forget. Yeah, his and he load. gets through some amount of work, like. Yeah. So. Who would you who would you put in there, guys? Actually, while we're on it, who would you put in to replace him? I mean, Henderson I don't think Henderson has one. been. To be honest with you, I think Henderson wasn't great when he came on against Wales and wasn't fantastic when he came on against France. And for me, I'd have a Bard or someone in there instead. Thank you, I was going to try. I'm, I'm, I think Bard needs a run now. Yeah, to be honest with he's you. He's athletic, he's tall, he's dynamic in the in the line-out. He's nearly, play, he's that back row playing. He's got a good few poaches. He's starting to read the game that bit better mm. and I think he needs that experience now at international to kind of fine-tune that. But I certainly think he's one of the front runners. I think Henderson, do you take a chance on him? I, do, I think we're moving away from the Wales. I think he's going to be a good bench player and experience to have in the mm. squad. Do I think he starts? I think yeah. not right now with other players. Do you think it's just because Henderson has been playing consistently at the top level? He's got a few injuries and he's making his way back. I know he's playing up in Ulster and stuff, but he had a big injury at the start of the year. Mm. So maybe it's just he's not in form. But at the end of the day, he's a Lions yeah. player. He is. I mean? you know, he, has, well, he hasn't played much rugby this year. Like, but he's, he's, you know, he's kind of pushing on and like... And, Give away a lot of penalties, and you've got someone like young and hungry like Bard, who there's yeah. 10, 15 years ahead of him, and like Bard is just. Uh, he's you know, Bard gravy Henderson now. like ten years ago. Like, and do you want to just keep like dragging out Henderson and leaving him play, or do you want to give a, a Bard run out? Or who else is in there? Like, See, well, once we have, once you call McCarty. up the like, some McCarty's there. But yeah. yeah, but he's another man monster who's like yeah. the way the game, like the physicality, like we brought in the the Darius Carey. When you have someone making that gain line and bringing that defensive line and like you said, creating that porous mm. and the gaps for you, that's yeah. what you want. And I think Henderson is going to be a good 20 minutes like to close out a game. Yes. He, he's not up to the pace right now that we're playing. I, and I'd say this is this, the quickest Come version on. of the game that Ireland have ever well, played. And it's suiting us, you know, and we've athletes there. Mm. And that's not to undermine again what Ian Henderson has done but we said it before with Conor Murray and the likes you're an exceptional player but you're only as good as your last game and we need to create the culture and I think Faz mm -hmm. has done that I'm going to call him Faz now because I feel wrong nice. for him. <laughs> a lot of people got six for Leinster this year like, so that means he's really up to that pace absolutely like, going into second row but just as you mentioned there like lads we have to say I mean like you've been saying it long enough like it's how we finally said it like Conor Murray like and especially what happened to him this week with his dad having a serious accident out in Patrick's you know he was brilliant you know and for him like he did that, like he was passing the ball like a like, Conor Murray mm -hmm. back like five, six, seven years ago. They, absolutely, mm. like that's some of the best rugby I've seen him play. Like, I mean, not only like like to be if you go to the last few months he's been through, like to be dropped by Munster, yep. to be question marks whether or not you're in the Ireland squad, to all of a sudden then be thrown against Wales, and he was really good against Wales. Exactly. But then against France the weekend after like when your dad just been a serious accident to be one of the best players on the pitch. Yeah. Not only not only because you're not with your dad accent, but like before that people are saying like, does he still have it? So oh, like he proved everyone wrong, like and fair play to him. And that's what you want. Yeah. But I think we should take opportunity to just wish uh, Mr. Murray, Jerry Murray, I believe Jerry is Murray, his yeah. name, uh, and all the Murray family a speedy recovery and uh, fair play to Connor. Like that's yep. to put your personal issues and your dad and the accident yeah. to one side and go out for your country is, is testament to the man he is. Like, yeah. so, well, come here, you're the only one here that would never yeah. doubt him. Like, so for, like, you know, I think he proved, proved you right like, mm. and proved us very much wrong. I've always been a Murray <laughs> fan of parents with some resilience out of him. Like, isn't ah, it? Yeah, it's incredible. Like, as I said, like, I mean, look, we know, we know like what he's done in the past. Like, and we're like, you, you don't lose that. And maybe he, you know, he has had a, a, a tough period with form and there has been like, you know, mm. not just that, but Gibson Park has been playing really well and like Craig Casey is a fantastic nine. So like, you know, I mean, like, you know, time moves on. Yeah. But, like, it does, but class is permanent. That's it. Yeah, nice. But you wouldn't want to be given a, the nod for just on your reputation, would you? Or would you prefer to play? Um, no, you obviously want to be playing. Yeah. And that's what I mean. No one's going to undermine. Yeah, yeah. No one he here need, undermine Conor Murray. But he, he need, you do yeah. need a kick up the bum. I mean, you're 
like what he the longevity of him and he he just propels the the stature of the nine and he he set that bar and like he can do it again like it's not undermining the like class is permanent like yeah. you said but I think as an athlete and as to test yourself you want that kick up the arse with someone chasing you I think in years gone by like in, in, in Munster and Leinster and Ireland even like you were you were you were just given that shot, and you mm-hmm. were you were you were there based on your name. Yeah. Whereas that you just you you don't get to get to those get me's anymore. Like nope. if you if you've won that game, you're dropped because there's like three or four players behind you waiting to take your jersey. Yeah, and like he know he knows that now. Like where I, when I get in, I have to play well. Yeah, and he's done it. Yeah, fair play to him. Yeah, no, well done, Murray. And as we said, it's uh, bigger than rugby. I hope your father's okay and he's recovering well, and you and the family are doing well. Um, some resilience, Yadi man. Fair play to you. Um. Yeah, and who who came on after him? Casey had an incredible twenty five minutes with Ross Byrne. Good to see that uh, half back partnership going really, really well. How do you think it? Ross Byrne did? I thought he was class. Absolutely, yeah, wasn't yeah. he? Really well level headed, showed a lot of maturity, and so much that I was like, all right, Sexton, Sexton goes off, it's totally fine. Mm. I was really pleased, not to see Johnny Sexton going off, but that <laughs> he got a good twenty minutes to have that partnership to kind of take the reins. He there was no drop in the standards. He just came on. He did the basics very well. He was confident. Mm. He kicked well. Yeah, a couple of big kicks. Really some big kicks. Tough kicks. Ones as well. Yeah, and um, yeah. always looking really confident with ball in hand. Like wasn't afraid to take it to the gain line, which I liked to see. I mm. love that from him on Saturday because I think that's something that he's just lacking as regards the comparison section. Yeah. Just really getting players into that gap. I um, feel like his his gameplay, even though it was always class, I think it's really matured now in the sense that he's confident on the mm-hmm. pitch. He's making things happen rather than just he's not getting through the game. He's actually running the game. Yes. And same with Casey as well. I thought the two of them were incredible coming off the bench. Um, but let's we could keep talking about this game. We've been talking about it for a long, long time. So let's. Uh, get Sexton and Farrell to talk about it because our very own Pat were chatting to them listen to this clip guys first half was wasn't it he was wow he was just end to end stuff and we all we all hoped it would be like that and he certainly was wasn't it you know um, end to end and yeah even though uh, I thought um, field position wise we we controlled it pretty pretty well in the end um you know, it's not over till it's over, isn't it? You know, probably until the 78th minutes or something like that. You know, they, you're thinking, um, you know, we've we've won a, a Titanic game in, in that respect. So, unbelievably proud of of the lads of what they've been through over the last three weeks, and I know that they dug in hard, and um, it meant a lot to them today, and they they certainly showed that. What one of three? Pardon? What one of three? Oh. Character more than anything. If you're talking about the bigger picture stuff, I mean, um, the fight, the want to to cover each other's back, to show the togetherness and the spirit that we that we know we've got, and uh, and show it to everyone else in, in world rugby was 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 there to be seen. You know, we could talk for hours in in that regard of instances and um, people playing not too much rugby and coming back and. Putting in performances like that when when the chips are really down in big games, it shows a lot of character. It was a good uh, set play. Um, coaches obviously uh, came up with it, and um, yeah, it's a great line uh, by Hugo um, and great pass by Finlay. Um, so it's it's lovely to see things like that pay off. You know what I mean? Um, and to put in the work because sometimes you know you put your set piece, your D, you got all these things, that, and you know it'd be easy to overlook a goal line dropout just to say. Just chuck it up, lads, and we'll get back into our into our shape. So, uh, great finish by him, um, 
and he, he was outstanding again. It's clear from the start what we want to achieve. Like you know, it, that, it goes unsaid, but everyone knows what we want to do. We we won a triple crown last year, um, and we want to go better this year. That, that's what we we speak about, keeping the trajectory like this, as opposed to in 2019 when we dipped. Um, so to to get better is to is to win a championship or, or a grand slam, of course. So the next game we want to talk about, guys, is Scotland versus Wales. Not as exciting as our Ireland-France game, but we have to talk about it because it's part of Six Nations. So Scotland won at home 35-7, and Dan Bigger set himself up for failure, guys. I don't know if you heard what he was saying beforehand, before the game, but he said, Scotland played well last week against England, but according to you guys, I presume talking to the media, they are the best team in the world, aren't they? We will have to see how they go on Saturday. If they can back it up, the pressure's all on them. Well, the pressure was on him, Dan Bigger, and you got absolutely hammered, my friend. 35-7. Yeah, I think he just took a big stick there and poked that Scottish bear because he got yeah. they got their arse handed to them. It was it's embarrassing now for Wales this stage. I thought like I was worried last week and I was like, All right, Warren Gatland do this, but this week just reaffirmed. Now that's not takeaway from Scotland. I mean, two back to back wins to start a championship since nineteen ninety six. Huge. And they have had two really classy games. Finn Russell was another level. Um and they scored what, another four tries themselves, bonus point wins. So um, can't take it away from Scotland, but Wales are in dire straits. Yeah, it's sad to see. Like, And they dropped a lot of their um, kind of top fellas. Like Tiprick wasn't playing, Alwyn Jones wasn't playing, a couple of other heads. And, and Wales just seemed out of sorts, didn't they, Jason? Yeah, well, look, I mean, look, it was very much like Wales were very poor, but like, you know, not taking the credit away from Scotland, like it was very much the Finn mm. Russell show. It was, it's eh? probably one of the most complete performances from a 10 you're going to see. I mean, there's just something about him. Like, it's just... What about his offload? I mean, like, I, I think the best part about that is if you look at it, he probably could have scored that himself. Yeah. But it's like, no, it looks better for me to do this. <laughs> and he did that. But, like, no, I mean, like, to be honest with you, the pressure was on Scotland because Scotland have been here time and time again where they get a big result and then the following week then they lose. Mm. And that was the thing. It is the lap before this game, the last two times they'd beaten England in the first game on Six Nations. They lost to Wales the second day, the second time, yeah. two times in a row. Lindsay said it there, it's the first oh, time sorry. they've won their first two games since 1996. Yeah, 20 odd 27 years. years. 27 years. 27 Six Nations so, campaigns. And they holy the pressure was on them, like, and they're finally done. Like, and Scotland now like are 10 points out of 10, the same as Ireland. Yeah, they're sitting pretty with us. That's so, mm. Two bonus point wins. But I think um, someone said it to me there on the week, one of the lads. So like, I was saying it before. Uh, before the Wales game, like I was like, you know, it's it's Warren Gatlin, like you know, we should be worried of mm. something up his sleeve, like. But he he likened it to his, like I think what you have is you got like what Gary Neville thought when Jose Mourinho was around and Jose Mourinho was past it. I think poor Gatlin is past it because the same thing happened with the Chiefs and there was question marks with him over that line, that most recent line store as well, where it's kind of like he's out of ideas and maybe the game has passed him out. And I know he doesn't have the best batch of players there at the moment, but like I know Ospreys are flying high in the Champions Cup, but. It just looks like he's in over Do you think he's had enough time with them to shake it up and make Probably them improve, not. Though? Probably not. But maybe like as in, okay, maybe it's probably it's an unfair way of putting it. Maybe it's just that like in years gone by, someone like a Gatlin could come in and make that impact, impact very quickly. Okay. But I don't think he can anymore. I don't think he has that power anymore. Like maybe. No, and I, don't, I think you're right. I, mean, I think it's a combination of he's, he doesn't, he hasn't evolved with the game. Yeah. But I also don't think he's the players there to do that, even if no. he wanted yeah. Like I think we, you know, time and time again over the last two seasons anyway, we have alluded to the fact that Wales rugby is in such disarray. Their provinces were performing so poorly in the URC. 
like other than Rio Dyer and uh, what's his name, Jack, the back row. Like, does, I don't think anyone's really come up even close to being like, look what we're producing. You know, we talk about the Ryan Bars, the Craig Casey's like who's come up for Welsh rugby and said, oh, here I am. I'm the new kid on the block. Yeah. Nobody really. Do you yeah. know? It's not it's not a great situation for Wales, but like give him a bit of time. Give Gatland a bit of time. He basically came in just before the Six Nations started. And same with, same with Steve Bortwick, who will chat with England in a while. He's still kind of figuring it out with England. Like, so I suppose you got to give these guys a bit of time. But I do hear what you're saying there, Jason, is is he past it? Has he come back and opened up a book he didn't need to open again? Yeah, maybe. Like, he, maybe he's just going to tarnish his legacy and tarnish his reputation by coming back. But I think so. Uh, yeah. You know, I mean, it doesn't look good for him. You know, from, from whatever way you look at it, it's like... You've got a hell of a job on your hands that you probably shouldn't have taken, maybe. No. Yeah, because Bortwick sure. has a pool of players. Like he just needs to now get them singing off the same hymn sheet and playing his style of rugby. So he's very different that he's loads of choices. But I don't see where what pool of players now are going to ignite Welsh rugby. Like there's nothing. There's either an old batch who've who've created a legacy, and there's nothing come up coming up to create a new one. Yeah, they're kind of relying on the old heads like the George Norton, the centre, and Alan. sure he's injured every week. He's injured yeah. again. But if you look at that, what the the team he put out against Ireland, like it was like looking like a, a Wales team that's put out like in two thousand and nine or something. Yeah, like he won last player. one the championship. You know what I mean? So yeah. he tried that the first week, and then he brought in younger players, and then Bortwick seems to be adapting the opposite, where Bortwick mm-hmm. is bringing in young players. Yeah. But for me, I think I don't know if that's going to work with England because it feels like he feels like he's at the start of a World Cup cycle. I know. I, you're, yeah, you're right. You're, you're six months away from the World Cup. You, you don't <laughs> it's have a time bit late to, to be, doing to be that bringing like, all yeah, these yeah, young yeah. guys in and get them up. You should just go, okay, let's tighten the ship and let's get mm-hmm. a good, solid, strong England team that has a chance of doing well in the Six Nations and going somewhere in the World Cup and then start again mm-hmm. fresh. Well, maybe, yeah, yeah we, we, we're sure we'll go on to the England game now because yeah. we're, chat, we're chatting about it. England beat Italy 31-14 um, in Twickenham. And England came out really, really well. So they're playing a lot of new young fellas, as you mentioned there. They were 19-0 up at halftime. And we kind of have this new batch of England players, like Jack Willis was incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, Ollie Chesson was top-notch as well. Um, we had Aaron Arundel came on. We had it's Mitchell sorry, came yeah. on. So yeah. nice kind of uh, change of the Mitchell tide with the England well. guys coming on. But as you're saying there, Jason, you feel like it's too soon to a World Cup to be bringing all these guys into the squad and trying to get them blooded that's it that's it yeah Ollie Lawrence another young guy was absolutely fantastic got man of the match like um, Ollie Lawrence at 12 yeah yeah Ireland at 12 like but you know as I said like he's he, he dropped Marcus Smith and he's got fired back in there again and he's got these younger guys in around the back three and stuff and he's mm-hmm. got a young kind of pack in there and he's switching a lot of things around where if it was me, look, come here, who am I to judge? Who am I to judge Steve Bortwick? We looked at the job he did with Leicester Tigers mm-hmm. in such a short amount of time. Like they were down in the depths lower than when Munster were all those years ago and brought him back up to win a premiership like in mm-hmm. a very short space of time. But yeah, looking at England at the moment, like I didn't see much of them. Like, I mean, 31-14, you're like, oh, England got a bonus point win against Italy. Like if you watch the game, like they, they weren't great. And no, the Leicester Italy were very times. much in that mm-hmm. game for most of it. And at one stage it looked like it, you were going to get back into it yeah. and they got you know a couple of late tries it was like you know I was only saying it to Pat there before the show like Italy are starting to remind me of like France years ago where they it was all joué like they'll run they'll play they'll everything like but then they just don't have that structure about yes. them and that coaching that's there go okay you can do all of that but you need to have your, your mm. bricks and mortar there like and mm. actually not let in silly tries and have a bit of structure there but they yeah, don't have that 
even last week they were so narrow around the work with France and I was like yeah. if France were actually even playing at 50% they'd absolutely annihilate you now so mm. yeah if they could get a, get a bit of game management and a bit of like really strict structure especially around their defence they've got the players yes How absolutely was Caputo so uh, again as he's the best player in the world as far as I'm concerned sorry that's a stretch but like he is <laughs> as Italians go he is do you know what it is he's the most entertaining player in the world to watch at the moment and I would I'd go, I'd go up on a limb and happily say that yeah. because he's the only player at the moment where I'm like when he gets the ball I'm kind of like What's he going to do now? What's he going to do now? What's he going to do now? Is he going to run? Is he going to step? Is he going to kick? Ah, he's up to me. Two guys. Go again. Go again. Get the ball. Get the ball. Get the ball. Get the ball. He's like brilliant to watch. Yeah, no, he is. He's a rugby like fan's dream. You know? Yeah, he is. He's a, he played absolutely class himself, a full back in Minoncello on the wing for Italy. And then we had Fusco came on at nine. So they have loads of nice young fellas that are able to move the ball around. Mm. And they're, they're making gaps in that England defence like easy peasy. But as you're saying there, there, Jason, they seem to lack that kind of cohesiveness and the structure in their systems. And that's how England were like getting a mall try against mm. them and just going up by seven points. And and that's where they seem to be falling down. But that probably just comes to time. Like Italy have improved so much in the last couple of seasons. Like they're no longer like the guaranteed wooden spoon where they're getting smashed. They're fighting every game. And like to, only, to be within 31, 14 points against England away in Twickenham like is actually a really good mm. result. So um, I do think Italy are in a good spot, but England seem to be kind of pulling it together. Do you think they're they're getting in a good spot? Yeah, I think they are. I think they're just stripping it back. They're trying to get a lot of players. You know, I do see your point about Steve Borthwick and what does he do now when we kind of had this argument before he took on the role, like he has such little time. Mm. So is his philosophy now just to get a lot of players just uh, blooded now over the Six Nations because he really has nothing to lose again he knows what his the elder lemons and the more experienced English players can do. So does he rest them and kind of keep them on the fringes now and just, you know, get... Yeah, is he trying to figure out like his second that's string what players? I, that that's what, what I think Maybe, he's yeah, doing yeah. right now because how else can he play it? Do you know, because it's the div- he has the divil he knows. So now he has to kind of yeah. get those young players out and see yeah, what they can do on yeah. international stage. Like how good are the fines of Jack Willis and Ollie Chesson? Well, Jack Willis has been around a long time now, but yeah. he's just finally getting his chance. Sure he's, he's only 25 though. Yeah, yeah. But like Jack, we, we know how good Jack Willis is. He, but he, he had problems with injury and stuff there. He was out injured for... A big oh, injury, he was out he? for a year and yeah. a bit like, and he's over. He's, he's over with Toulouse, Toulouse now, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. Toulouse signed up when Wasp went under. But like for me, if I'm looking at any team again the weekend... I don't even give them a 1% chance against France or Ireland. I really don't. The way they're playing at the moment, I don't give them any no, hope. I pro- think the Wales game, like, I mean, we probably put a team together and beat Wales at the moment, let's say, would we? <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here you first. I mean, let's be honest, like, with the way they're going at the moment, yeah. like, but, you know, I don't see much of them at all. Like, I'm, I'm like, look, uh, we said this time and time again, like, come a World Cup, England normally get their ducks mm. in a row, but the Six Nations... They ain't going to be France. They ain't going to be Ireland. Like, yeah. Well, they're going away to Wales next week, or not in two weeks. There's a gap week in the Six Nations, mm. and they're going to yeah, they're going over to the Principality. To that would probably be a like not a highly spectacle game, but a good battle between the two of them because they're both struggling. Both struggling, and if like I was Steve Borthwick, like they're three, they're three nice games he's opened up his championship with. So like, if you look at the video reviews and all the errors they would have made and what style he wants to play, like he's going to have so much like to feed into his players. Like, and he's now a week to kind of give them breathing space and give that instruction and build towards. And like, that will probably be a pinnacle game for them. It's if you think about game it. For England, yeah. Absolutely. So I'd be targeting all their goals based on the first two rounds mistakes and where they want to see themselves against Wales. And then if you think now if they can get a good win against Wales and it kind of slightly fix some of their problems and they build in a bit of consistency against France and Ireland, I don't think they'll beat us. But I think they could be a potential like 
imagine now coming England, you have something to prove. Ireland are unbeaten now in the last round of the championship. They could be something. Again, I don't see them. It's Paddy's weekend. It's going to be, yeah. It's, yeah. it's our destiny, to be <laughs> honest. Potential Grand Slam decider. Yeah, like. it, I don't see them. Already, yeah. yeah, absolutely. <laughs> That's going to be. I can't make it in that one day. It's <laughs> <laughs> just oh, going to yes. be this black cape shrouded oh, over yeah. Ireland, you know, because we're going in celebration. But yeah. yeah, I think that's where I'd be looking at if I was Steve Bortwick, to be honest. Um, just kind of building and using this now. And the only thing I'd say on the flip side about that, and like I'm trying to give him a little more credit again, I'm trying to, I'm giving you, throwing you as much rope as I can, Wales. That Wales and England game, right? Mm. No matter how bad their Six Nations is going, right? They have England at home. If they, like Gatlin knows and the players know, if, if they win, beat yeah. England, then all of a sudden the fans are off their back because they don't care what happens Six Nations, like we beat England. Because they, they, like, they have that similar thing that we have. Like we've had that before in the past. We've had a poor Six Nations. We had that one there years back where Peter Amani came on as a late, just when he slipped, got injured. And yeah. we were having a really bad run of games. And England were, I think England had already won the Six Nations. They're coming for a Grand Slam. And I think we finished third or fourth, mm. whoever it was. But we beat England, yeah. and it, in the last game, and all of a sudden it was a successful. It was a successful yeah. six Alice nations. Was forgiven. That was I remember <laughs> that because that was Peter Romani's like game because he was out for ages and he slip was it was Stander Stand was playing six, he slip was eight, and that mm. was when it was unfortunately that was he never played again because after that pulled up that back, warm up. Yeah. But like we looked at that then as a successful six nations because we beat England, yeah. and that would yeah, be the so same. And, we, good, and it drove us on after that. It'd be a great result for Borwick, I think, to go away to Wales and get a win there back to back, beating Italy, beating Wales away. Even though it's a poor Wales team, I think that's going to like solidify Steve Borwick that he's doing something well there in England because mm. people were starting to say that if they lost against Italy, that Borwick would be out. And ah, I was like, come on, nah, nah, the like, traps the are in the time. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I think that will be the game of that week. To be honest, is is England Wales? I think they'll be skinning hair flying. To be honest, yeah, because Scotland are way to France. I think if that was a reverse fixture, if France were going to Scotland, it'd be it'd be tough to win over in Scotland the way there yeah. at the moment because Scotland are fifth in the world. Finn Russell's playing out of his skin. They have a really good team, but they're going to play in France. I I really can't see France mm. losing that. What do you think? No, not they're so they're ridiculously solid, yeah. you know, at home and. I think there's a different uh, kind of vibe of French teams, like whether it's Sean Edwards being in, but they're a lot more grounded, a lot more humble. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? So I don't think they're going to take Scotland lightly. I think they will respectfully beat them, yeah. do you know, and they'll have their homework. To Absolutely. Two. And they'll have something to prove, <laughs> they'll, especially to yeah. the French people. Um, it's not that they're fickle, but they expect a lot from their from their French teams. Mm. Do you so. think they'll be hurt, Jason? Is like That's the first match France have lost in over 12 mm. months. 14 games 14 games something crazy yeah. like that like, yep. do you think they'll be hurting I would say hurt I'd say, I would say more angry I would say kind of roiled up motivated like they're not going to like there's no way they're going to say we, we can afford to lose two games in a row if we want to consider ourselves to be serious rugby world cup contenders Mm-hmm. They can't like as as good as Scotland they're playing like and they're back at they're back at home for this game. Yes. So they're at home, yeah. I mean they didn't know themselves like I I think in a way it's probably good for Scotland because like after getting the monkey off their back and get those two rings in a row, no one expects them to win in France. So mm. maybe that might too, because that side yeah. of the play is kinda like That's true. Well, we've nothing to pretty much lose here, because like, no one expects us to win. Yeah. So like they were expected to beat Wales. They were they really were like and there'd be some nice battles. The centre partnership, the wings, Van der Merwe, uh, Penno. Like, there'll be some really nice individual, the halfback pairing, you know, Dupont against Finn Russell. Kind mm. of, um, there'll be some nice uh, one-on-one battles. It'll be a good game, Absolutely. Yeah. Scotland aren't going to roll over. And I think yeah. France will be very disappointed that as much as they did get return when they came into Ireland's green zone, into their green zone um, against Ireland, they didn't really threaten our try line. Mm. Not really. Other than the Penno exceptional world-class try that was kind of, 
That was just created. Like Absolutely, yeah. It? Some quick thinking by Ramos, you know, flicking that back and he just took his chances. Yeah, other but than that, we weren't really under too much pressure. Nah, we weren't yeah. at all. No, no. Do you know, so they would be disappointed with that considering. Mm. Do you know? Um, they're, you know, Dupont's used to opening gaps. Entomac probably, the fact even that he couldn't get those cross field kicks which we saw a lot of you know to success with a number of teams over the weekend um, yeah, yeah they'll be hurting they'll be hurting they will be hurting and, and you kind of said it there a while ago Lindsay has wanted to pick up on it and that France have a respect for other teams about them now mm -hmm. I was working at the game on the weekend I was interviewing fans I interviewed a lot of French fans oh yeah and they were so respectful to Ireland they were like oh Ireland are very good I think they might win today but uh, there's a World Cup coming <laughs> up the accent. And, and like I was just is like is there French what? in your DNA yeah. <laughs> 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 and, uh, <laughs> and they were uh, good as like I would have had the kind of uh, thought that French were very arrogant and stuff yeah. when it came to rugby but they weren't they were actually they seemed quite worried coming over that they were going to lose even though they've been on this unbeaten run so Ireland have been put up on that pedestal now yeah. and even though before I would have been like oh I don't know if we can sit up there and uh, like we don't do well when we're out in front mm. I agree with what you both said earlier in that I think we're good enough to be there now. We can be out in front that we are the best team in the world yep. and we played like it. So I'm, I'm starting to be like, maybe we can win this World yeah. Cup. I think that's funny just as you were saying that because I saw some like comments on uh, New Zealand's page today. Someone was trying to say that you know, like the Six Nations is definitely far superior than Rugby Championship. No, like just saying it's a better tournament and as we were saying earlier, like the two best teams in the world were definitely playing the weekend mm. and you just, oh, the comments like what are you talking about? New Zealand are going to smash you all come to the World Cup. We're going to be back. Uh, North Hemisphere is, is still a crap rugby. That's why they've only won one World Cup out of all of them they've ever been played. Like in fairness, that's England are the only team to have won it. Yeah, it's been true. South Hemisphere, South Hemisphere for, for all of that. Yeah. But like I think the tide will certainly turn this time around. I, do, I can't see past I'm not going to go out on a limb here I can't see passing the Northern Hemisphere team winning the World Cup mm. I think it's going to be Ireland or France 100%. I, I can't see Ireland losing a game in the way they're playing at the moment mm. and we have all those five players that I mentioned start to still come back in like the Furlongs and the Henshaws and Gibson Park like, we still have unbelievable top, players top to come players. back in like. top players I think it'll be that you know very cliche but I mean first round against South Africa I mean it won't be I think if we can get that win it was a bit like Wales last week it'll just set the tone for our tournament um, and I would rather yeah, France. I think we have the power to match I South Africa, do, which yeah. we showed, but then we also have the speed and the skill to absolutely bamboozle them, to be honest mm. with you. Or and we found our kahunas now, so you know, We going. have a bit of everything, like, <laughs> under such... Yeah. We were so... Well, that's what killed us in that 2019 World Cup going in, is we very much played one style of rugby, and it was very readable. And, and we only had a certain 15. And that was yeah, it. No, like, no we have so many different ways of playing now that you don't even know what Ireland are going to do yourself. I'd say Andy yeah. Farrell's making it up on the go. It's like, let's do this now. We can do whatever we want. <laughs> They're class. so well adversed, I think, in, 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 in every area of the game and every mm. position. Yeah. We're looking forward to the next Six Nations game. We're going away to Rome. Uh, we're playing Italy down in their beautiful stadium down Actually, there. Actually, Pat said he was bringing us for a live show for that week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> live show, I, I wish. Gregory flies first class now. <laughs> yeah. And he also has a bit of Italian in him. So he has <laughs> I'll work on my Italian we, accent for that. Economy, it's okay. We're fine. You just but, put in first class. <laughs> with that Italian game coming up, how do you think Ireland are going to look at that? Andy Farrell, is he going to play his... I'd say second string lads, even though it's kind of mean to call them second string. But do you think Casey will get a start? Do you think Rob Ross Byrne will get a start? Do you think he'll give Bundy a key his start back? What yeah, I think he's he's going to give uh, players who are on the fringes and probably holding their hand up and just slightly not getting the nod because, as we all know in rugby, it's it's your jersey to lose. So the lads who he's been picking to start have not let him down. So I think maybe he's going to reward to keep. Keep the culture, keep the fight, keep the bite. And he has to use this game, I think, to give lads experience. You can't go through five games and not 
give lads yeah. experience to get like test rugby. Like you think Jack Crowley will get a few minutes? That kind of stuff. Do you know what I mean? Where yeah, I do see him of this game possibly without being disrespectful to the Italians of leaving Johnny out. Like he'll be there, he'd be round. He'd be, like you saw Keith Earls doing the water and that yeah. experience in around the fringes. And I think he might do that with Johnny because he kind of come off obviously a bit. You got a dead leg. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think right now we need to manage him. And I think the two lads are, are worth their weight now to give them a, a mm-hmm. shot. I think Rossburn needs to start a game and he needs to build that confidence that we saw the weekend. You give him 80 or give him like 60 I'd give him 60 and get Jack Crowley in, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, what do you think, Jason? I think the days are gone of like playing Italy and uh, calling guys up for giving me caps. Mm. But in saying that, I don't think we have any players in the squad at the moment that are giving me caps. Oh, not like that. Just such, we've, we've done that in the past. Like, you know, there's guys out there that have one cap against Italy, like, or two caps, <laughs> both, both against Italy. <laughs> and they're kind of giving around, should we give them a go here and see if it's any good? Like, we don't have any players like that in the squad. No. There's like, of course, there's guys that are better than other guys, which is why you have a starting 15. But I think there's very much a core group of probably 24, 25 players there where you swap guys out and it doesn't make, it doesn't make a difference. They're just as good. Yeah. You know, probably I would say the only real positions where you're kind of downgrading maybe is Ty Furlong or Johnny Sexton. Mm. But then again, look how good Bealham was the weekend. Look how good uh, Tom O'Toole was the weekend. Look how good Ross Byrne was coming on. So mm. like there is guys yeah. there. So I think Dave Kilcoyne he's going to, well. yeah, Dave Kilcoyne. I think he's going to make changes. I'd like to see Crowley at the very least get a spot on the bench or like think it's minutes because I think yeah. he's good enough. Not give me minutes. He's an absolute fantastic, outstanding talent mm-hmm. that we want to see more of. And, you know, yeah, maybe Boniaki needs minutes. So, like, Boniaki is a proven line. It's not like it's just, give Boniaki a run against Italy. It's Bundy bloody Yaki. Mm. So, and there's a lot of guys there. There's guys in the back three. Like, I mean, Jimmy O'Brien hasn't got a run out yet. Like, and we know Jimmy O'Brien is class. And Jimmy O'Brien would be brilliant against Italy. And Gavin Coombs, you know, we're going to bring in, Gavin yeah. in. Do you know, they're lads who are well, were, like, uh, agree. So, if it was misconstrued, there's no, there's no pity caps. I think there's just lads who, who kind of need to. I probably need just that injection of confidence, a bit yeah. of game time. It's not anything, it's just to get them the experience. And I think, not to be disrespectful for to Italy, but it'll be a chance to arrest some of the bigger yeah, guys who've been sure. starting. You know? well, we're, just, we're in that position now where we have the luxury of doing that and bringing, bringing on world-class players mm-hmm. to start, like a Jimmy O'Brien, who's one yeah. of the best players in the world. I think at a the funny moment, one like. the weekend, when you think about it. So like we lost Dan Sheehan during the week, right? Mm. And then we lost Rob Herring early on. And then we were forced to bring on uh, Ronan Keller as our third choice. <laughs> like forced. So we ended up with Ronan Keller. Like to look back that we lose our two hookers and then all of a sudden you've got Ronan Keller who was with the Lions over the summer. Like that's phenomenal. And he hadn't played in <laughs> over 12 months more for Ireland with the injury. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it was very lucky to be having unbelievable players like that. So let's go on to pick our never stop competing moment of the week with Bank of Ireland. There was a lot of moments we could have picked from. I like James Lowe's. I like Gary Ringrose's tries. Mm-hmm. But I think it has to go to Anton Dupont's tackle on Mac Hansen. Yep. What do you think, guys? Yeah, agreed. It was Absolutely. some some tackle. I've never seen anything like it. So Dupont, I know you're listening, brother. Well done. You get a never stop competing moment of the week together at Bank of Ireland. Now, before we wrap up, if you were to pick in World 15 right now, guys, how many Irish guys would be straight into that 15? Oh, God. Johnny Sexton, I think, is number Minimum one. Minimum five, anyway, I'd pick. Yeah, Johnny Sexton. Who else do you think? I'd have Tyke Byrne in there. I'd have Furlong in there. Keenan. So that's four we've already in the team. So out who of the do whole we go world. Sexton. Doris is definitely in there. Ah, Doris, Brenda yeah. Fear is in there. <laughs> yeah, we're, six. We're six already out of 15 <laughs> on, in the what world. What are you talking about? Whole Ireland. This is a world 15. <laughs> Kerry Ringrose is in there at the moment on current form. He's up there. Yeah. I mean, who else? I mean, it probably is Lucan Uam. Lucan Uam. That's a big argument there. Like. It's tough on form at the moment. Yeah. Uh, so we have six in there. Or is that seven we have? Seven now, I think. Who else? 
That's probably definitely. Who do we say? Sorry, what do you say again? So we said we're sat in front of what? So we say like. Oh yeah, sorry. Like you probably like Porter is up there in the argument, like isn't he? I suppose is he up there? Like who who's above Porter? The moment, like you'd say, and maybe before the props. game, you would have said, "Sir Boy, maybe a couple of South African pops." So he'd yeah. be up, and he'd be in the conversation. Right, this is like, off, like this uh, is like not even an argument. Like they're in the world not fifteen guys. Oh, I, like I would have, like possibly would have put Dan Sheen in there before he got injured. Like, well, look, the the guarantees are uh, Furlong. Doris D- Furlong, okay. uh, Ring Rose, okay, yeah, yeah, Van der Sexton. World Player of the Year. Oh uh, yeah, okay, Van der Fair. <laughs> so that's four. What are we thinking of Sexton? Yeah, so. I don't know if I put Sexton. Well, like Finn Russell's Gord, coming up. I Who else have we got at ten? You could have Bowden Barrett down in his ears. And Tamak. You could have Bowden Barrett in there. I wouldn't put Johnny in there, I just want to say it. You wouldn't put Johnny in as the starting out half in the world. Not right now, probably, but world, no. We're taking Johnny out. I hope he's not listening. (laughs) Well, DuPont listens to us, that's all I know. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. DuPont, well, he's your nine, like, he's still still the best in the world. You've got to remember now, Johnny Sexton was nominated for World Player of the Year, guys. But this is our show. I'm not taking it away from him, like, but... I wouldn't. So, like, he is we're keeping him seen as we're keeping him grounded. To be honest, one of the best tens <laughs> in the world, if not the best in ten. He was the only out half that was in the nominations. Fair enough, but it's still no. I wouldn't. I think. <laughs> well, you see, there's so much competition for him now. Whereas the 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 four we've just picked have like their standout. I don't think there's anyone kind of competing with them really. Okay. Fair enough, guys. Thanks very much for your insight. We're going to have to wrap that up there. Um, it was a really good show, guys. Six yeah. Nations is well and truly live. We're only two weeks in and it's been one of the best tournaments I've watched so far. Um, and we've a gap week now and then we're coming back. We're playing Italy, but there's also URC back next week. Mm-hmm. So that'll be a good one to watch. See Munster back at it and Leinster back at it. Um, but until then, guys, thank you so much, Lindsay. Thank you. Have a great week. Thank you so much, Jason. And of course, thank you to you at home for listening and a big thank you to Bank of Ireland, our sponsors and proud supporters of the four Irish provinces. We'll catch you next week, guys, for the URC. Joe presents House of Rugby, together with Bank of Ireland, proud supporter of the four Irish provinces.